Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello and welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci, and today we are going to tackle the question of Amazon and becoming an Amazon bestseller. And I have invited today a perfect guest to discuss this. Her name is Polly Latovsky, and Polly and I have known each other and been friends and colleagues for over 10 years. And I love working with Polly. I've sent Polly all of my self-publishing clients when they're ready to produce and launch their books. I send them straight to Polly because she's a woman of impeccable integrity in a world where there are many, many predatory type businesses and service providers in the self-publishing world. So Polly has been consistently delivering quality work with integrity. And this is really rooted in something in Polly's past, because after she herself had frustrating experiences with dodgy publishers, Polly launched herself into learning every aspect of the publishing industry so that no one would ever own her rights and decisions again. She went on to set up her own publishing model where she guides authors through the publishing of their own book seamlessly, swiftly, and professionally. In her model, and this is when you shop around, you'll really see how unique this is, but her authors uphold all the creative control, maintain all the distribution rights, and they get to keep all the profits from their book sales. So, you know, she's really so author-centered. And what we're going to talk about with her today is these different tactics that people use to create an Amazon bestseller. And she's going to compare and contrast for us the different strategies and what the real benefits might be and where you might be missing out on certain benefits if you take a route that's, you know, maybe might seem easy on the outside, but when you get into it, you realize you're missing out on a lot of the benefits. So I don't want to steal any thunder here. So we are going to just launch right into the interview and just be ready because this is going to rock your world. So Polly, welcome to the Author's Corner. Hey, thanks for having me, Robin. I am so excited to have you here on so many levels and for so many reasons. First, but not least, is our friendship, which has been over a decade, I'm sure. Actually, it might be pushing towards its second decade, which is exciting. And then, you know, also just what we're going to talk about today, because... And you just have so much deep expertise in this area, and especially with self-publishers. But, you know, there's so much confusion around bestseller campaigns, Amazon bestseller campaigns. There's just a lot of confusion that we are going to do our best to clear up today. So 
I've already told them a little bit about you and who you are. So let's start talking about this idea of the Amazon bestseller and go back in time to when this concept, in terms of people helping authors achieve bestseller status, when this concept first began and some of the ideas around, you know, how how that was approached and the methodology around that. The definition of Amazon bestseller, according to Amazon, is sort of three different things, right? There's number one, overall, the best of seven and a half million books on Amazon. You're the best-selling one, okay? There's one. That's not what I talk about. Um, (laughs) All right. And then there's not what anyone's selling either. (laughs) I don't think. And if someone is selling you that, please run the other way. It's not a good marketing campaign Mm -hmm. worth the money anyway. Okay. So then there's the second one, which is to be number one in your category. And these days, Amazon allows us up to 10 categories. Now you can be number one in 16 categories. <laughs> Actually, weren't you number one in like 14, 16 categories? Or one of your clients was that I worked with? I think with. one of my clients was. I think I was only nine. I think oh, I was. Oh, you poor honey. We'll make that up to you. <laughs> so they allow you various categories that you can market yourself on Amazon and then hit number one in that. And then there's the official definition of a bestseller. It's the top 10 in a category, okay? That's not what we're after either. So we're after that that second one that I talked about, number one in your category. And I'll tell you, we don't even call it a bestseller campaign. We don't call it that because I think the objective to doing a quote-unquote bestseller campaign is a marketing campaign. So in my world, we call it a power boost campaign because you are giving Amazon a power boost into getting in front of your targeted demographic. And that's why we don't call it a bestseller campaign. It's like, are you number one in 16 categories? Yeah, you are. But that's sort of a byproduct of getting in front of your target audience. All right. Now, which I love, but before we get into the details on that, because that's the good news, (laughs) but I want (laughs) to talk about some of the ways that this has traditionally been done, which aren't necessarily helpful to the author. Thank you. And by the way, which have been done and authors have been charged $10,000, $15,000 or more to execute these kinds of campaigns where you're not necessarily marketing your book and you're not necessarily getting better, even really seen better by Amazon. Right. Okay. If you don't mind, I'm going to start with doing the old fashioned way is to get as many people in your world to buy your book on the same day. And you rise up through the ranking and you hit number one. And from that point on, you can always market yourself as someone who hit number one on Amazon. Yay. So why is that a bad thing? That's a bad thing because we love your friends and your family and your neighbors and your colleagues, but they are not necessarily your target demographic, right? So what they're doing, we have discovered since then, is the way that the algorithms work on Amazon is that you are training Amazon to get in front of those people. (laughs) Say, my friend Robin is doing historical fiction fantasy thriller. (laughs) Whatever, right? That would be something. Yes. (laughs) All Polly has ever bought is chiclet, right? Let's say Polly just buys chiclet all the time. And Amazon knows how to market to me. I'm being facetious just for the record. But let's say I buy chiclet. And They know how to market. They will drop a new chick lit book into my email inbox in my, you know, Facebook thread there. That's where they're going to drop it. Right. 
So all of a sudden, my friend Robin is doing his drug fictional fantasy thriller. <laughs> so I want to support my friend Robin. So I'm going to buy her book. How the algorithms are reading that is I see uh-huh, people that love chiclet then also would love this fiction fantasy thriller. <laughs> well, actually, to make it even more dramatic, let's say it was my book about high profit book blueprint. And then people who love chiclet all of a sudden want to know how to write a high profit book. Yes. Amazon knows you as almost exclusively buying chiclet. Yeah. You're just getting in front of the wrong people, but more you're screwing with the Amazon's algorithms, right? Right. So Amazon is then putting your book in front of the wrong people, right? So we have to get away from that. So, you know, God bless us. We still want to support our friends, but the right way to do an Amazon com- campaign is to not bother your friends and family at all. <laughs> you know, And in fact, to just get in front of the right people. So that's a matter that's of fact. Difference. I remember when you did my campaign, you very specifically said, do not email your list. Do not email your friends and family. Right. Just let us do our thing so we can get the algorithm working properly. Yeah. And frankly, your friends and family should be buying your book at, at full price. In That's, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Can we talk a little bit about categories? Because this is something that has been a beef for me. And I don't even know if this is still true. But I remember in the early days when, when people realized that you could literally be a number one Amazon bestseller for a minute and then call yourself an Amazon bestseller forever because Amazon ranks in real time, essentially, or very close to real time. And so what a lot of people started to do was create a category mm. or find a category, a tiny specialized category. So they either had a category of one or a category that maybe had two or three other books in it that someone else had created and then had their 10 of their friends and family buy their book in the same hour. And then all of a sudden they're number one bestseller. And I don't even know, has Amazon changed their policies around creating categories or anything like that? Or is that still something? And I apologize if I'm throwing this question at you and you haven't had a chance to prepare. (laughs) You know, I I had seen that around years ago. I have not seen that around in a long time. So... Who knows? I haven't seen it. It's diving deep if it still exists. I'll tell you that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that was something that really got under my craw. I can see that. But I'll tell you the way that they have their categories, there are so many and you can dive really deep and narrow, narrow, narrow that niche. And I will say, even if it's slightly related. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's just take my book as I'm not pimping myself. All right. I'm just telling you. Absolutely. Your book has been out for over 10, 12 years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's been 11 years. Okay. So my book is about a walk around the world. All right. And I walked through certain countries, obviously. So some of my categories would be travel slash South Pacific. Now, you know, my book is not about traveling in the South Pacific, but It's slightly related. And to this day, I regularly hit number one all these years later. There you go. Yeah. So what I do is, is if I I have 10 categories, this is a strategy. 
is if I have 10, some of those categories I want to hit into the bullseye. This is exactly yeah. what it is. But how many categories are there about a walk around the world? <laughs> there just isn't, right? So they all have to be slightly related. And then some of them are just a good marketing piece because the way the algorithms work is, again, if you hit that top 10, and certainly if you hit number one in a category, they start working more on your behalf. So I don't mind having one that is not a perfect bullseye. But and that's something because you're legitimately looking for something where it might fit. And like you said, you can have up to 10 categories. But one thing I appreciate about the campaigns that you do is you're not putting these books into tiny, obscure categories, right? Like, as I recall, I mean, you know, some of the categories that my book was in were, you know, on the bigger side, right? Like marketing or business or things like that. Right. Again, that's part of that strategy is some of them may have been smaller and slightly related. And some of them have to be a bullseye, even if they're bigger. And I think that's what we did with you. Mm -hmm. But no, I didn't put you in how to carpet your basement (laughs) <laughs> there's one person in that category. <laughs> it's got to be related to some degree. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, exactly. it's how to use those categories, certainly. Yeah. And so let's now go to, so that was one method was tell your friends and family to all buy it at the same time. Now, the other method that people have done, and I guess at least in this case, you're actually selling books is like the joint venture kind of method, which I think just seemed to burn out just because there were just too many people wanting help promoting their books and too many people not willing to burn their lists out with so many offers. That's another one I haven't heard about in a long time. You're really big and just kind of... I really want to get, this is the definitive podcast on Amazon best. So that's what we're going to do for this episode. So, I mean, what are your observations around that kind of strategy? And do you have any thoughts on why it's uh, fizzled out or? Yeah. Well, one reason is that, you know, you can't mess with the beast. They're on to you. They are so on to you. So I have to teach my clients because they all come up with the same thing. Well, can't I just buy a thousand books and then cancel the order in two hours because the ranking goes hourly, right? I'm like, no, you can't beat the system. You can't beat the beast. Okay, so that's one. First of all, they know your IP address. Right. (laughs) They know know, very big brother-ish, granted, right? But they're on to you. So if you have the same group of people, 20 people all buying each other's books from week to week, they're on to you. And what happens is they protect the integrity of their very authentic reviews. I've had, it's, it's so strong that I have had about 30 reviews taken down that were valid reviews. I don't mess around with my reviews. I don't play the games with it, right? Sure, yeah. So they have taken down 30 reviews. And when I try to contact them, I'm like, why'd you take that review down? It wasn't my mother, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But anecdotally, it's known that they know who your friends are via social media (laughs) and things like that. It's very spooky. So get a load of this. So- You know, I do book clubs a lot, as an example. And I am answering your question. I swear to God, I'm not going off on something. Great. Yeah, continue. So I do book clubs. People have me over to talk about the book. So they get the book wherever they get it. It could be at the library. It could be on an ebook, et cetera. 
So I don't know these people. I go to the book club and historically it's been in person. So bunch of girls, we're having some wine and we're, you know, telling the stories and blah, 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 having a good time. By the end, I know all these people. They're my buddies. Oh, Facebook friend me, right? And so now you have all these Facebook friends and then they leave a review. My point is they were authentic reviews, but now they're my Facebook friends. Because the book put us together and now Amazon was taking them down. You see what I mean? Yeah. So what can I not build my posse of friends on social media because the beast is going to come after us? Uh, it's wow. yeah. And, and was, it, was it because like, even if it's a verified purchase, the fact that your Facebook friends invalidated the exactly. Ooh. Yeah. The verified purchase definitely helps, but Yeah. All of a sudden I was getting all these taken down and they were all from that one face, that one book club. So that started really making me twitchy. There's also the case, like, let's say an author, this happened years ago before I really understood what I understand now about the algorithm in Amazon, which by the way, we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) to the depths. We just won't. So all this is anecdotal, but anyway, years ago, love this book that this client put together. Read it, covered it, covered fantastic book. And I went to leave a review and they said they wouldn't post it. So, huh, maybe it's because I know this person and they can tell from the IP address that I have helped that person actually from my computer upload their files and do all this work for them. Do you see what I mean? Right, right. So they won't let my review of their book up. Okay, well, you can see where that could get taken advantage of. So I send it to my mother. Mom, can you put this review up on Amazon? Now, she couldn't put it up. They can tell that my mother is related to me and my IP address, and she would not or could not put that review up. It's very Big Brother-ish, the way this is all connected now. So they're very authentic with their reviews. And I think coming back to your question, full circle, that's why that didn't work. It has probably fizzled out. Amazon's on to you. You're right. So if if you are somebody with a big list and you've done a couple of Amazon promotion campaigns for somebody else, then Amazon might start to realize because what would happen is there'd be all these like gifts and prizes for buying the books. The people would still have to buy the book, but then there'd be all these incentives for them to buy the book. But I guess like if they're all coming from the same link to purchase, for example. Yeah. But I mean, that just seems like, I don't know. It's, isn't it? It's so interesting. There is a way to get a clean link. That means you don't just take the link that's at the top of your Amazon sales page. You can clean it up, meaning get rid of the metadata that transfers it back or leads it back to you and your IP address. And so there is a way to create that clean link if you're going to use your book in promotions. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting. I just noticed like that was like the hottest thing for a few years. I think Peggy McCall did the first, you know, she was kind of the pioneer of that. And then it just was gone. Yeah, they. I think Amazon really went on a hefty campaign to make sure that they have authentic organic reviews. And you can see where they're coming from. I respect that. On the other hand, like anything, it can get just out of hand. It's like, why do you take these 30 reviews down? Well, they're your friends. Well, now they're my friends. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I know. And it's sometimes tricky too, because like, I sometimes want to review, like if I want to review a book that I bought in a bookstore, but I'd like to put a review on Amazon, then it's not a verified purchase because I didn't buy it from Amazon. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing about ranking. I know we're not quite talking about ranking, but this does help is the way that they keep track of their stars, like five star, four star review. Right. So let's say you got that book at the bookstore you're just talking about, right? You didn't get it off Amazon, but you go to Amazon, you leave a review, you give it a five star. They recorded it as a 4.85, not a five. Yes. So you're actually docked (laughs) or not buying. We we get this a lot. I understand I can't leave a review if I didn't get it from Amazon. No, that's not true. You can leave a review. It's just docked a little bit. And you continue to get docked if like, let's say you're an author and you don't get a review for three months, your star ranking comes down a little bit. So you have to consistently get reviews to keep that ranking up. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. One of our authors had 10 reviews. They were all five stars and she had a 4.85 ranking. So that's why we had to look into it. So yeah. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So let's now talk about your methodology currently. One of the things I really like about how you do an Amazon bestseller campaign is that you're actually putting books in hands or on the screens of people who are already interested, who are actually likely to read the content. So I'm going to allow you to share with our listeners a little bit about your process and you know what makes it so powerful, really. Okay. I got to tell you that what we do with this sort of new, again, we call it a power boost campaign, an Amazon power boost. Yes, you get number one status, but that's not why we do it, honestly. Amazon is a huge search engine. In fact, I've been told it's the biggest search engine for products in the Mm. world. It's bigger than Google. So we have to treat it like a search engine, right? So the first step is that we have to thoroughly optimize it like you'd optimize anything, right? Your website or anything else. So how do we do that? We have to get those proper keywords and categories. And the keywords and categories we've learned a lot about, we've taken all these courses. Now, I am not a techie person. You may not know that about me. I'm just not a techie person at all. But for some reason, I just got so excited about this, you know, (laughs) this kind of stuff. Did you know you can optimize an ISBN? Oh, my goodness. That got me all excited. (laughs) That is exciting. I didn't write So I'm telling all my colleagues, oh, there's this class on how to optimize an ISBN. Who wants to take it with me? They're like, yeah, have fun with that. Hold on. Just for the sake of, I don't want our listeners to get lost here. An ISBN is that code on the back of the book that gets scanned when somebody sells your book to somebody else. So that's that tracks how many books you've sold. So yeah, it's a book's identification number is what it is. So that was much better a way of saying it. Thank you. <laughs> but my point in bringing the ISBN optimization up is that, you know, it, it all helps. All these itty bitty things help you be found in this search engine Google verse, right? So the first thing we have to do is optimize someone's Amazon page. And by the way, the only way to do that is if, in fact, you have published with KDP. KDP is Amazon's print-on-demand arm because we need access to the back end of that. 
to put in the keywords that we have researched and found and the 10 categories that we've researched and found. And we have to tell KDP what those are, give them time to do that. So this is full optimization. I can't do it if you've published with whatever book baby or Wiley, HarperCollins. I can't get into the backside of that Amazon page. Okay. They have access to that. So in order to do what I'm telling you about, you have to have published through KDP print on demand. Okay. So the very first thing we do is we fully optimize. And that is for your paperback and your ebook because they both have different, they might have the same keywords, but they don't have the same categories. Mm. So that's the first thing we do. This campaign is, again, remember the objective. We're trying to find you new readers, new super readers, super fans, right? That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And I think of marketing in three levels, right? So there's three levels. The first level is your friends and your family and your neighbors and your colleagues. You launch your book to them and and that's what you do. And then the second level is sort of the six degrees of separation, you know? (laughs) And then the third level is everyone else in the world that would be served very well by your book, your message, but you have no access to them, right? Right. And isn't that's who the, we're going for. Right, exactly. So you're going for the third level yes. and deliberately avoiding level one and really level two. Right. So what we do is, hear me out, we pay to give our book away for free. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ebook campaign. And yes, we pay to give it away for free. What we're paying for is their subscription services that you can, they what they have done is collected a database of people that love this genre and just this genre. And you can pay to get in front of all those people for a day, right? And it could be 50,000 people here, 80,000 people here. We just did a historical fiction campaign where she got in front of 350,000 people that love that genre. I will pay for that to help start creating super fans. Mm-hmm. So remember the objectives of this campaign. So what we do is we optimize and then we go in and do the homework on these various subscription services to see someone who has the best audience for my book. And then we run it on a specific day. Mm -hmm. Getting it in front of all those eyeballs, but obviously not everyone is choosing that particular book. So what we have to do, especially... For those who don't know this, so I'm sorry if if people know this and they think I'm being condescending, I'm not. So KDP is Amazon's print-on-demand arm, and with their eBooks comes a program that we can opt into. It's called KDP Select, and the bottom line of what that program is doesn't cost anything. You opt in in exchange for exclusively having your eBook on Amazon. You get more exposure, right? And you opt into that program for 90 days at a time. And within that 90 days, your more exposure includes what's called Kindle Unlimited. And if you're familiar with Kindle Unlimited, you can pay as a reader. You can go pay Amazon just like you would Netflix. $15 a month, I get all the eBooks I want, right? So if you're paying Amazon $15 and then you get all the eBooks you want for free and they download my book, well, how do I get paid? I get paid per page read right? So when you are giving away all your eBooks, the majority of those people belong to Kindle Unlimited. So you in fact are getting paid per page read. So 
you're sort of getting paid. You're not getting paid the normal way. Someone buys your ebook, you get 70% end of story. You're getting paid per page read. So that's what we do. We get in front of the people. There are, again, strategies. I like to plan these campaigns three, four weeks out. I try to, well, one strategy is if there are 10 companies, we find the top two or three for your genre, who has the biggest lists for your genre, and we'll line them up. Let's do this company on Wednesday, this company on Thursday, this company on Friday. Okay. With KDP, one of the programs for more exposure that you get, you can give your book away for free for five days Ah. total out of that 90 day commitment. Right. So we go put your book for free on that same day and we give your book away. Okay. So what the, again, the, the objectives here are getting a new audience is especially good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially good for fiction. This campaign works for everybody, but fiction is the runaway winner on this. We did this campaign for one of our fiction writers, a woman who's 82 years old. She hit number one in a few categories, nothing to brag about, but she got over, I think she got like 5,500 downloads in two days, and she was getting a thousand page reads a day Wow! for months after that. Wow. That's great. You see what I'm saying? So you're getting super fans. And here's the big reason we'd like to do this. We're training Amazon as to who to get in front of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not your friend that likes chick lit. It's (laughs) these people that love your category. One thing I really love about that, and I think this is powerful for nonfiction authors. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of different ways you can get a number one Amazon bestseller status, which we've talked about. But aside from actually selling a lot of books at full price, which if you have a great platform and a great publicity strategy, you certainly can do. And we've we've had clients who've been number one on all of Amazon. But for most authors, what I love about your approach is at you are getting in front of tens of thousands of people who are already interested in your topic, who never would have known who you are, most likely. And then let's say you're getting, you know, 2000 to five or 6,000 downloads. And now all of a sudden you have all these people who are exposed to your work and your ideas who never would have known who you are. And so I feel like this has a real legitimacy to it, not just in terms of the algorithm, but in terms of connecting your message to a broader market, an interested market. Exactly. And one of the other objectives is that these readers, because they're the right readers, they more than likely will leave a review. Yeah. As opposed to, again, let's, you know, if I'm going to read a historical fiction fantasy thriller, (laughs) more than likely I'm not going to read it. I'll buy it to support my friend, but I'm probably not going to read it. And I certainly won't leave a review. So if these aren't getting in front of the right people, it's going to correspond with the page reads, and then a review. So it's kind of like the gift that keeps giving because you can follow along on your reports page too and see how many page reads you're getting, how many reviews you're getting. And when it really starts slumping again in a couple of months, it takes people a while to actually then start reading the book and then finish mm-hmm. the book. And so we give it a couple of months. But you know, some of these subscription lists are more expensive than others. But even to give it a little boost once a quarter is kind of what I do. 
with my own self, I just, I find one of these new lists. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. I'll be the guinea pig. And off it goes. You might get 200 downloads as opposed to 5,000, but. Oh, interesting. So like a little booster shot for your power. (laughs) What do you call it again? The power. We call it the power boost campaign. I like that though. For second and third campaigns, we'll call it the booster shot. Booster shot for the power boost. (laughs) Thanks for that great marketing tip. I'll take Absolutely. That. Anytime. Well, yeah, I love that idea. So that's a great way to start, continue to tap into new audiences, but also to keep that Amazon algorithm looking for your readers and putting your book in front of your best potential readers. Yes. Really. So I'm thrilled with this. By the way, this is a campaign that nothing here is rocket science. Okay. It's not like I got a patent on something, right? But it's like, I know people know how to optimize their Amazon page. There are tools to find the right keywords and the right categories. And I know people know about these subscription lists, but it's like looking at the s'more saying, hey, now there's a graham cracker over here and, a over here, and there's a Hershey, but I think I'll put them all together. You know, so that's what we've done. Yeah. And Polly, you are underselling yourself because you are an absolute genius at picking categories and putting the right keywords in because there's also some backend keywords, as I understand, because it is a search engine, right? So it's about helping the algorithm bring you the right people. Yeah. And frankly, just the keywords, let's say one of yours, writing might be a keyword right? So we go look that up, see how it's doing, see how it's doing on Amazon specifically, as opposed to the whole Google verse. What are people putting in that Amazon search bar, right? Writing, as opposed to writing books, how to write a book, a book on how to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at all of those and see who's doing the best at it, right? Because you get seven keywords, you want to make sure every single one of them is working for you. Yeah. Got to get them working for you. And that, yeah, you got to put a lot of time in that. You know, this is bringing me to another thing I learned from you, which is that you don't need to have the great keywords necessarily in your title or subtitle because you put them in that back back end side. And that's really how what's going to help people find your book. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes. People get so wrapped up and it's got to be a keyword in the title. No, it doesn't. Calm down. I think the title has its job. Everything has its job. The title's job is to create curiosity and it shouldn't even make any sense necessarily. Right? Like what? Then it creates curiosity. The subtitle then tells you what the book's about. So they all have their job. And the way the Amazon algorithms work, again, anecdotally, (laughs) You know, they'll never release the algorithms. The actual way. But what you've observed and inferred from what you've seen. (laughs) Is the front cover, the back cover, everything is considered a keyword on there, right? And the table of contents. If in fact you have a table of contents, because fiction books generally don't and whatever. So what I have noticed, and maybe you could let me know if you have too, especially with self-help books and business books, people are taking these keywords and just kind of mixing them up and around for their titles. So you go through Amazon and all the books sound exactly the same. So the title isn't doing its job, which is to create curiosity and stand out from the crowd, right? They're just rotating the words. So just stop it, everybody. 
Yeah, I certainly never coached that behavior. Although I did used to think that if you could have a good keyword in the subtitle, that that would be helpful. So, but it's nice to know that really, if you're building the back end, if you're optimizing your Amazon page for your book, you can just stick with the purest approach to a title and a subtitle, which is, as you said, the purpose of the title is to get their attention. And the purpose of the subtitle is to answer the question, why should I read this book? You know, or what's in it for me? Like, what are they going to get out of reading the book. And of course, this is primarily in the nonfiction space that we're talking here, but. And the back blurb as well, the back cover content. Yeah, the back cover content. Yeah. So for people who aren't self-publishing on KDP, those will still all work for you. Just remember that all the words on your cover are considered a keyword and everything on your table of contents. Which is great for everybody. That's like getting free keywords. Yeah. Because then you can add, how many did you say that you can? Seven. Seven. Yeah. They give us seven. So we want to make those things count. (laughs) So, and then we get our categories as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, wow. This has been so, so helpful and informative. And as always, I've even learned some things as I always learn something every time I talk to you, which is wonderful. So Polly, first of all, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? What I want for Christmas? Well, (laughs) no, I guess I will tell you this. And again, at the risk of uh, sounding like I'm pimping myself, but I think this is honestly, okay, I help people with book marketing consultations. I don't actually do the marketing for people, but I have found this to be the most powerful marketing campaign out there. Okay. Oh, I'm going to get a code for you guys. Can I do that? Yes. Yes. Cause that was going to be my next question is how can people find you? But yeah. Okay. So I created this online course to do. All right. And Oh, use the code happy 2021. Oh, and then you'll get it for $47. (laughs) (laughs) I I should have created a fun one. Like says, you know, Happy 2021 is the code anyway. So you can get that on our website, mywordpublishing.com and you can go to the Amazon Power Boost campaign. So, yeah. And by the way, which is very reasonably priced. So I'm not going to say the price just in case you ever want to raise it a little, but it's very (laughs) reasonable and way under what a lot of people are charging and not delivering the value. So I'd reach out to Polly for your power boost campaign before she figures out she should be charging more. (laughs) (laughs) Mom's the word. He's too nice of a person. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's one of these things that it's not difficult to do. It's not brain surgery or nothing like that, but it does take time. The time is the research of the the optimization portion. And again, it's far and away the best marketing plan because what you're doing is you're getting into your bullseye demographic. Yes. How powerful is that? That's what we all strive to do. And because when it's in front of the right people, they're the people that get excited about it and start spreading the word and leaving reviews. Don't bother your friends on Facebook. (laughs) Don't bother your friends' friends either. Just dial in the algorithm, let it do its thing. And Polly, and you are the master of this. I have no question in my mind. It's just a s'more. It's just a marshmallow. and By the way, is one of my favorite desserts of all time. I've had to back off the s'mores as I get older, but I still get at least one a year. (laughs) 
(laughs) Today's the day. Go for it. Right. There you go. All right, my dear. Well, thank you again for all this amazing information. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Author's Corner. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.